0: Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734.
1: welcome again to healing the whole person we're so happy to be on the air right now we have one of our regulars kyle clement uh who is with us today i also have two studio guests marianne harold and from boston indeed and and colleen ambrose from new york city so welcome to our studio guests um Kyle, I understand you're, you're going to be speaking about the acceptance of suffering, and that is a topic so close to all of our hearts and lives. If, for those of you who uh, may not know who Kyle is, he it, and Valerie have been married for 36 years. They're the parents of three and grandparents of seven. And they work together in this, quote, second vocation of ministry in the mystical body of Christ, full time. And they often travel together to various engagements. You know, Kyle is going and Valerie are going to be with us this weekend for our big conference at Mundelein Seminary, Soul Ties and Angelic Protection. If you would want to hear more of Kyle... Call us. Um, I'll give you the numbers and call and register for the conference. It's going to be wonderful, he, all on healing. So, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce to you um, Kyle Clement, who will talk about the acceptance of suffering. Kyle, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you, John. It's so good to be with you, your studio audience, and the listeners today.
1: Thanks, Kyle. I think that
2: we often lose sight, especially as Catholics, of the relationship that we have with suffering that is different from many others. The acceptance of suffering is paramount to our reconciliation with God. We have a sacramental relationship with God Almighty through jesus christ and his bride the church it is a very intimate association and it hinges upon the ability to at any given time go to our father in heaven through the church through the priest and be reconciled in our relationship to him what exactly does that mean reconciliation is healing healing does not mean the cessation of suffering or the cessation of illness suffering and illness entered the world through sin and they are extrinsically linked intrinsically linked together jesus came he suffered and died so that he might conquer death which was the wage or result of sin all of these things are bound up in human experience None of us get out alive. In order to be truly reconciled to God the Father, there's a realization, most epitomized in the Blessed Mother, that suffering is necessary in reparation for the outrages and offenses against God the Father. This was the message of Fatima, we want to concentrate on the, con- on the consecration, or we want to focus on the consecration of Russia. We should concentrate on the consecration of ourselves. Are we engaged in reparation? Do we, as St. Jacinta advises, offer every single pain, every angst, every movement, every opposition? Do we offer it to God the Father in reparation for the outrages against he and his son and his bride, the church, Christ's bride, the church? Are we actively involved in the salvific process, or are we concentrating on how does this affect me? What am I not able to do that I want to do because of this cross, because of this suffering? The idea that Jesus wants us happy has somehow found its way into modern thought and the Catholic Church. It's not that Jesus doesn't want us happy, but he desires always and everywhere, first and foremost, our salvation. Do we pray for what we need, or do we pray for what we want? For God the Father will always give us what we need. Often it's unrecognizable to us as what we need because it is not what we want. Modern Western society tells us your suffering has no merit. You should escape pain. You don't deserve to suffer. This is the serpent in the modern tree in the center of our little self-constructed paradiso, our own little garden. But this is a seductive voice, a seductive voice that says you're a good person You don't deserve this. Well, we are a bad person, and it's a mercy, and it's beyond what we deserve. Because of our fallen nature and our fractured relationship with God and the elevation of emotion over the primary faculty, which is intellect, we've lost the ability to operate out of reason, delayed gratification, to save for something, to work for something far distant. To, ungo- to undergo the small mortifications, sacrifices, and shortages of today for the life abundant tomorrow is a concept totally foreign to us. We charge it with no thought of how we'll pay for it. We say things and do things which militate directly against our salvation with no idea of when we will pay the bill, when we will do the reparation. God, in his mercy, visits an illness upon us, a sickness, or the opportunity to care for a loved one, to offer reparation for our speedy lives, for our hasty lives, for our lives in which we don't slow down and contemplate and see God in the ordinary. St. Paul himself, this is nothing new. He was talking about this when he says, "...and the Lord sent a thorn in my flesh." And I I prayed three times for it to be removed, and it was not. And God's answer, My grace is sufficient for you, for power shines forth more perfectly in weakness. In this instance, St. Paul is lamenting arguably a person or an illness, but there's something there, a thorn in his flesh, and discomfort, a constant irritation. And he asks for it to be removed three times, and the Lord does not do so. I think that the paramount example of this is in the Garden of Gethsemane when our Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God the Father, cries out to him in anguish as he sweats blood. Father, let us from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is teaching us in that moment how to pray. Lord, if this illness is... is passable from me if you can take this from me please take it but not my will but yours will your will be done and god the father answers his son his only begotten son the only innocent man among us he answers him with a very masculine answer a very fatherly answer a very powerful answer silence The silence speaks volumes. The silence says Do the last thing you were told, even unto death. Tertium non detour, there is no third way. And so in light of this we are to accept as Saint Paul, accept that thorn in our flesh, give thanks to God. For in his infinite goodness and mercy, he has graced us with this gift.
1: Kyle, you've given us an awful lot to think about here. Um, It's so easy um, for you to speak those words, but it's so hard for us to do. So I thank you for those words because... We need to hear them. I need to hear them. And um, I know all our listeners probably do. There isn't one among us who isn't suffering uh, in one way or the other, if not in ourselves, our loved ones. And we all have our prayer intentions. And so, Kyle, um, what about the idea, um, this reparation you talk about, what about the idea... Of offering or giving up something or offering our thorn in our flesh for a loved one who might be sick or in need of healing
2: I think that's exactly what we do Um, even the perfection of charity here is simply to offer it to the Blessed Mother To distribute, as she will, the mediatrix of all graces, offer whatever merit may be in our mortification, in our small suffering, to she who is the queen of sorrows. She is our mother of sorrows, and offer it to her, because she knows most, for it will do the most salvific good. To quote St. Augustine, In the kind of affliction, then, which can bring either good or ill, we do not know what is right to pray for. Yet because it is difficult, troublesome, and against the grain for us, weak as we are, we do what every human would do. We pray that it be taken away from us. We owe, however, at least this much in our duty to God. If he does not take it away, we must not imagine that we are being forgotten by him. But because of our loving endurance of evil, we must await greater blessings in its place. We must trust that God the Father knows better than us. He sees the beatific vision. He lives in it. He sees the big picture. Often we're blinded by the pain that we may be in. Somewhere there is a young mother who is alone, and her husband has left. Offer that for the salvation of the gone father and the gone husband. somewhere there are siblings fighting over an inheritance stop both of you offer that for the deceased loved one
1: kyle thank you thank you we're going to have to take a short break and we're going to unpack all that inspiration when we come back thank you kyle
2: Hello, this is Archbishop Blaze Cupich, and I'm pleased to be here at the Pro-Life Rally, the March for Life, here in Federal Plaza. And I've been asked the question, why is Catholic Radio important? Well, it's important because we need to get the word out. And more that we can broadcast widely the message of Jesus Christ, we really are doing the mission of the
0: church. six zero zero four eight donations of any amount are greatly appreciated
1: Welcome back. We're speaking to Kyle Clement. Rather, Kyle Clement is speaking to us. <laughs> He's giving a wonderful presentation on uh, the acceptance of suffering in our lives and about reparation. I forgot to add at the beginning that Kyle is an authorized speaker and a presenter on spiritual w- warfare out of the Archdiocese of Denver. And he uh, works as a presenter and a speaker for the Leo XIII the Institute. He trains priests to be exorcists. So, um, with that in mind, he, Kyle, I know how aware how aware you are of, of the need uh, to have Our Lady as our intercessor. Marianne, you were just in Fatima. Yes. What do you have to say about uh, what Kyle said about Our Lady?
2: I think it's so prophetic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I saw the suffering to go on that trip for the 100th anniversary myself firsthand. I saw the people walking on their knees, Kyle, around the shrine, elderly people. Um, I never understood the redemptive suffering as much as what this pilgrimage brought. But also in our work in our parishes and adoration chapels, we see the suffering of so many people with opioids, uh, with the new form of suicide, throwing your body in front of a train. We had two of those in our parish last week.
1: Dear God, I,
2: I say, and then we have priests here from Africa and the suffering and the killings going on there. How should we pray to Our Lady
1: to unite ourselves with all these sufferings in the world? That's a Kyle. good question. Kyle, I'd love to hear your answer.
2: I think that first of all when you pray to our lady is the awareness brings her a certain amount of, of solace and and it brings us a certain amount of solaces that the amount of suffering in the world at any given time only begins to address the depravity uh, of sin and of human activity and so we ask that the lord multiply it as He multiplied the loaves and the fishes and whatever we offer make it enough perfect our imperfections We have to make sure we give every bit of it, and it's to her, to use as she sees fit. And in doing this, we perfect our docility, our humility, and our willingness to be cooperative in the redemptive suffering that's necessary. This is what Paul is talking about when he speaks about um, we're making up what is lacking in the suffering in the body of Christ. It's not that Christ's sacrifice lacks anything, but it gives us the opportunity to join our suffering to it often for the reparation of the very souls and, and the salvation of the very souls that are causing it. So I think it's, it's to understand that there are many souls in peril, and there should be no wasted suffering. All of this should be put to salvific value.
1: And so um, in my uh, understanding, Kyle, the most perfect way to offer that is at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass.
2: it it is at the holy sacrifice of the mass all spiritual warfare is done at the altar because that is where jesus conquered sin and death was on calvary okay and so to join your to join your suffering to the passion is is of paramount importance and we're best reminded of that at the holy sacrifice of the mass right
1: okay but then our lady um our lady is what like the gatekeeper like she'll channel our all our our needs and offerings to jesus
2: well i think a good way to look at it is she's not the gatekeeper she's our mother she's his mother right she is she's the spouse of the holy spirit and so if we're to be reckoned she's a favored daughter of god the father If we're to be reconciled to the holy trinity and we're to reconcile through this suffering, because Jesus reconciled the world to his Father through that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. The words of absolution are so clear. Reconcile to God the Father through the Church, and so we're offering this to her as mediatrix of Graces. She earns that title, and we've been using that title since the 5th century among the patristics who understood that her fiat, her yes, be it done unto me according to your word, Lord, that opens up the font of grace, which will ultimately flow forth from his side on Calvary, mm-hmm. because if not for Mary, not Jesus. So I Mary, yes, echoes throughout all the cosmos.
1: So Mary really gave us the Eucharist. <laughs> she gave us Jesus. Yes. Yes.
2: It was her flesh, in as much as she, Jesus, she knit flesh upon that soul. In her immaculate womb, she knit that flesh, and so as she stands at the foot of the cross and gazes upon that flesh, that is her baby boy. That is her son. That is Jesus the Christ that she brought forth in the Annunciation, in the Incarnation, and in the Nativity. And so her allowing this without resistance, this is Our Lady of Sorrows. This is Our Lady who stands there understanding that this horrible spectacle is necessary to reconcile the world to God the Father. And in the pietas she looks across this broken body at us, at me, deep into my soul, and says, I love you.
1: Um, And didn't God give her the power to crush the head of Satan?
2: Yes, it comes through this immaculate relationship and total reconciliation with God, this perfected relationship with God. When we are reconciled to God and in a state of grace, we are unassailable by the demon. Think about the people, of the Jews, the ancient Jews. All of the people who lived around them knew they could not be conquered when they were in right relationship with God. However, when they were in sin and they were not in right relationship with God, they were easily conquered and plundered. And so that's when the uh, neighboring kingdoms would come in and conquer them is when they were not in right relationship with God. And this is a typology or a forward look at our own relationship with God.
1: So, you know, a question that comes to mind, Kyle, to be in right relationship with God, is there a formula?
2: Yes. (laughs) Follow the Blessed Mother. Be it done unto me according to your word. And if you structure your prayer that way, all in conformity, then... It's amazing what happened. St. Maximilian Kolbe had a wonderful quote, and he essentially said, Say nothing that you would not have the Blessed Mother sign. Pray nothing that you would not place in her mouth. And it's amazing what that does for the quality of your prayer and how we become reconciled and we become desirous of God's will, even if it includes our own suffering and our own sorrow.
1: So, say nothing... Uh-
2: And and allow the Blessed Mother to say it? No. What I'm saying is conform your speech to hers. In other words, don't say anything she would not say. We know how she would speak. We know how she has exhorted us. We know how she has spoken with us. But she does not cross God. She doesn't complain to God. She doesn't cry out to God. Never does she oppose God. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And so she is our example. She is. How beautiful, Kyle. How beautiful. I have a question. Colleen. You, when you say um, she never cried out to God, um, I cry out to God all the time. And I just took this class on the book of Job, which I loved. Because Job's argument is, you know, when his friends keep telling him, you know, just tell us what you did, you know, and just get it over with, you know, and he says, no, you know, and and I think that my God wants to hear me, you know, I want to have my day in court, and and I want to fight. I I do not.
2: Hmm? I do not. I want to say mercy, mercy. Mm. I don't want to say it wasn't a sin. It wasn't fair. At at judgment, at particular judgment, as I look at his eyes over the sacred heart, I want to look him in the eye and say, you know what I did, Lord? Mercy. I'm not going to Mm -hmm. argue that I did this because this other person did this. We can't be—we've got to be soul to soul with him. And in the end, that's where Job is. Job realizes that at the beginning he has a relationship with God in which he is somewhat contentious with God. And by the end of the book, his relationship with God is reconciled to the point where God says to his friends, let Job intercede for you, because he knows more my ways. It is only through that suffering, it is only through that breaking, it is only through that cross, that way of the cross, and the final acceptance of it, the embracing of it, that we come to truly know God's heart
1: um kyle we have two minutes left for the show that was so beautiful colleen wasn't that a beautiful answer? Mm -hmm. and so we have people who've asked for prayers kyle may i just state the 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 requests and then would you pray for these people um certainly there's somebody that emailed us anonymously he's very lost and unhappy hurt inside and he has a very long paragraph of how he's hurt and in need of healing there's another person that emailed pre- praying for divine intervention upon hi- for his son. His son, Leland, young adult life. He's a young adult. So the son, Leland, the father is asking. We have a listener and a very wonderful friend, Tom Shippers, who has pancreatic cancer and is probably listening to the show. Um, he had a healing after the priest prayed for him last week. Um, And now we continue to pray for more healing, Kyle, for Tom Shippers and for my brother, Howard, who has pancreatic cancer. And um, I would ask you to pray for these people and for all our listeners, Kyle.
2: Lord God Almighty, ancient of days, you who bring cosmos out of chaos, you who order our lives, know the number of days you've assigned us the hairs on our head you know us better than we know ourselves lord we ask you to heal our hearts to accept your will Heal that in that is not of you that that is in us that is not of you drive it from us so that we can accept your presence fully within us may we accept the suffering May we have the strength of the Blessed Mother and St. John at the foot of the cross, who prayed for you to be courageous, to persevere, and to go through this experience well, whatever the Father wills. Make that our prayer, Lord. And for those of us who are clearly aware and the wound is still acute, may we pray for the very people who caused it, And give thanks for the opportunity to do reparation for their souls, for our enemies, and for the depravity of the whole world. Lord God Almighty, we give you thanks for this opportunity to be called forward into this arena of suffering. We accept it, and we give you glory. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Kyle, for such a blessed show.
1: Thank you.
0: and listen to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Faith has made you well, go in peace and be healed of your disease.